these are the days of greater opportunity, more challenges, more potential than there has ever been. Because these are the days where we need to be walking in what Jesus, I think, where Jesus talked about doing the greater things because it, the greater things are needed. Hello, welcome to Raising Standards once more. And today my special guest is Chrissy Wilkinson. Chrissy, I've known you for a few years. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself as we dive into a conversation together? Yes, thank you, Ollie. Um, basically, I my background's in teaching, but more than that, I, I would say what I've learned most about children is to come through being a mum myself and more recently as a grandparent. But but I did for years. Um, work with children at risk and we were foster parents um, and also I traveled to lots of kind of places around the world where there were children at risk and I had a lot to do with helping nurture children's spirituality so that's kind of where I've come from um, uh, yeah in brief <laughs> where you've come from and, and where are you going <laughs> well where I'm going hopefully is more of the kingdom on earth <laughs> that's where I'm yeah. going, which looks like children engaging and the, the generations really um yeah being released to be who jesus is wanting to be in the earth in these days that we're living in so mm. that's my heart is to serve that yeah. and uh, let's let's dive straight into that phase then the generations mm -hmm. plural. what's your feeling on how we as church are doing it connecting generations together and of course, I'm asking for broad strokes. There's individual churches who are doing amazingly and individual churches who are struggling in this area. But at broad strokes, what kind of things do you see the Lord's doing? What can you see that we need to strengthen? Yeah. OK, so like I say, for many years, I was involved with nurturing children's spirituality. And often it looked like, you know, churches inviting us in or doing alongside conferences and things where... I'm sure everyone's aware of it with the types of thing like, like that. You go in as a one-hit wonder. And the, the problem with that is children often are then encouraged to be listening to God, hearing God, and then they will go back into their own lives and circumstances. There isn't that continuity. So for me, I moved away from just doing children's prayer stuff probably over 10 years ago now and started really working with families and generations together because you, there can't be this disconnect. I mean... You know, there's that phrase, isn't there? Everybody quotes it now. It's there isn't a child-sized Holy Spirit. You know, we know that, that. Well, when we're working with children, as you know, Ollie, these children are incredible when they're just pointed in towards the face of the Father and and can begin to hear themselves, the heart of, of what God is wanting to say, and they can say things that even adults can't say because there really is no agenda. They don't have the same, I guess, baggage or knowledge that we do. So when a little four or five-year-old says something like stop you know <laughs> in the middle of New York you think okay okay God what are you saying here and, and that, I've experienced that where you know children have come in with prophetic insight which if we take them seriously as adults and not just think oh they shouldn't be saying that or if we have an open-mindedness you know there's a lot we can really learn as we move forward as a church body and we need to be listening to this generation I think because uh, you know, one of the things I, I've said again before, Ollie, I think you heard me say this, was, you know, every generation carries a unique um, flavour that, you know, we can look back through history. It's like generations, as, as history comes and goes, 
the generations are unique in that period of time. And this generation now raising up, I honestly believe that God has got a plan for them that is different to the one he had for us. So in terms of your question, you know, what do we do as church? I think we have to be listening to them. We have to be hearing what their hearts are, what their um, you know what they're hearing from God what they're sensing um, and and try and bridge these gaps which unless we do that they get wider and wider and we disconnect and then you get churches with just old people left because we're not hearing you know how to keep keep the connection in in the kingdom the kingdom connection which is ultimately all about Jesus all about us learning together all about us journeying with Holy Spirit together for the sake of God's kingdom on earth. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I, I love the way you frame this because I know there'll be some church models which may be a very top-down leadership and hearing the voice of the child is uh, maybe foreign to, to their expectations and what they're used to. But you've actually framed this as hearing the voice of the Lord speaking through the children. It's yeah. not just the children saying, we want nicer biscuits on a Tuesday in our <laughs> club, but it, which there's a place for that. We want to hear the voice of the children. But you're talking about something more of the prophetic role of children speaking yeah. what the Lord is saying to the church at this time, that kind of Joel 2:28, the sons and daughters prophesying yeah. along the way. And I love that. And I love how you said you've shifted from ministering just to children to ministering across the generations. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Was that you equipping parents to help their children? Was it you uh, being with a group of people all together and modeling something that the children and parents together entered into? Well, give, give us a kind of feel of what that was like. Okay, well, if I'm really honest, it's only one occasion have I seen it be truly, truly multi-generational because I'm sure every single one of us here can put our hand up and say, we've been in these supposed multi-generational, what do they call it, family, family services. And quite frankly, Ollie, they're, they're, it feels always like it's watered down in some way. You know, it's... It, that that isn't what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is the one in one time I can remember it, and we had um, a guy, a worship leader, uh, it was actually Godfrey Bertle, who's not a children's worship leader. But we asked him to come along, and we it was actually at Ashburnham, and we had so he's a grandparent. We had him and his wife. We had um, Brian Mills, who's a highly respected prayer intercessor, grandfather of the prayer movement in the UK. He was there. Um, we had people, the students that had been training in Ashburnham, because they they were um, obviously Ashburnham. I don't know if you, people don't know what Ashburnham is. It's a Christian conference center where many internationals come and serve in, in the hotel environment. Um, but when they got wind that we were wanting to gather the, the children in terms of this prayer gathering and we didn't we wanted to be generational. Um, they were immediately saying, can we come in? And this one particular evening, honestly, we had, so we had the youth, we had the, the you know, 20 somethings, we had the parents, we had the grandparents, and it was truly multi-generational. And all we began to do is really worship together, like in a radical way, because this worship leader is quite radical, I have to say. But the children love him because of that. And he's not, like I say, he's not set himself up as a children's worshiper. He just passionately loves Jesus. And that, of course, children catch on to that. So that, that to me was my one moment, which I think that is what it looks like. And if I'm honest, since then, you know, whenever I have invites to places, I say, look, uh, you know, the generations, it's not just who are the children. I want the parents in there. I'd like the grandparents in there. This is something we can all be in together. 
And what I've tended to do then is actually, you could say go to the lowest common denominator, but it's not. The denominator is Jesus, Holy Spirit and Father God. That is a denominator. That's a high denominator. That is not lowering standards for the sake of the child. All I'm, all I'm doing is listening into the to what the father is saying what god is saying and then trying to, through the children and then trying to bridge that for the adults it's, it's a really hard thing to describe really ollie except it has to be holy spirit led it can't be just a good idea oh this is a good idea let's have this little story here because we can make it adult when we can do this and that, that. there's quite it, it needs an anointing to be honest and because the father is so much into the generations if we really are looking at what has happened in these moments you know special moments when God has come amongst the generations it has been because we've been looking at the children and the children have been I guess prophetically you know leading it through what we've seen the children doing as adults we've been able to say okay let's take that okay father you're saying this what how can we now what do we need to do next you know and it's having a real flexibility of not a set you know meeting which is really out of the comfort zone for many many people um so i guess you know it has been um an uncomfortable place for many but those that have been prepared to do that it has been just so so precious and god has done things across the generations with every single one of us moved by the heart of god and and in connection as a body you know yeah so it's christ-centered not yeah. child-centered Yes, but it's chi child led the kind of Isaiah, a little child shall lead them that prophetic edge of when God's moving, there's something that stirs in the in the hearts of the children. Yes. And uh, for us being every generation, we can come. I, I also love how you've defined intergenerational often. I think that boils down to parents plus children. Mm -hmm. We're like, yay, we've got all the generations. Um, no, we've missed the 20s. We've missed the retired guys. All, yeah. all generations means all generations. And that, yeah. that is God's heart. He wants to put his spirit on all flesh along the way, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, as I'm, I want to kind of veer slightly from what you said. You mentioned you're a grandparent. Yeah. Um, I have a real heart to see grandparents taking their place within families again and within the body of Christ, I, I think it's easy for them to feel marginalized as the world is changing rapidly and the church is transforming in many ways. As a, as a grandparent, how do you connect with your grandchildren and how can we strengthen those intergenerational links within the family setting? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's going to take you about two hours to answer. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I think, you know, I'm being really, I have to use my own example, really, to, to answer that question. You know, the situation, as with many, many grandparents, you're facing their own children often now are living in relationships and complex family situations and my family is the same my, my daughter and the father of my grandson are separated which is a very common thing and so as grandparents we're looking at, almost at the world falling apart around us it's not like it was in our day we wouldn't have done that we wouldn't have been together before married da, da, da. you know it's like but how do we build these bridges so we're not totally we're not coming at it from a judgmental point of view but we're actually reaching as the father's heart is to reach to the lost you know um so with my grandson you know i've tried to first of all just really extending hu huge amount of grace to the things i don't you know approve of in a way or things that i 
uh, in my generation could think, well, golly, you know, why are they even doing that? But it's, it's such a different way of thinking in my daughter's generation. And even now with my grandson and even more different, but what I'm trying to do is reach my grandson. So it's looking at how can I help, um, how can I understand his world? And I, I it, can I share about my little um, interplayland resource? Is that, yeah, is that right? Yeah, because what, what I just, what I was given was this um, amazing resource my friend developed actually in schools, which is almost like a doll's house, but it's not, it's on a circular base with four quadrants. And um, in the classroom, I, I won't go into what she did in the classroom, but it was used educationally. And over the pandemic, she realized that so many of these children in the classroom were in crisis in their families. So she developed these small interplaylands, they're called. Um, and they each of the children and the people in the families have their own little mini me. So this is my grandson. Um, and this is actually my daughter. See the lipstick there, <laughs> and uh, and then this is me, little granny, grey hair. Um, so what what I did was help Leo, my grandson, make um, this interplay lens with his world. So one quadrant he loves space, so he did it with space. One quadrant I was able to over a few of them develop like a bedroom for his dad, a space where he lives with his mum, and help his world come together in this this one interplay lands with the things he's interested in, his imagination, and I introduced. Um, Jesus in the mix and we had obviously I've got all the family now that are in this interplaylands and what that did is I was able to start listening to him as he's playing and watching him play and just beginning to read where he's at now this is what I think grandparents it could be a real bridge for grandparents that feel so disconnected to the world of their grandchildren play is just the most amazing thing because not only is it very creative actually it's hugely spiritual it's because it's creativity which is all god is the creator of all and actually everything redeemed in god is 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 imagination everything it's a wonderful way that god can can speak and and communicate between us in ways that we couldn't have imagined so for me that has been a huge resource honestly ollie i i asking me now how I would have connected with my my grandkids outside of this it would have been more difficult but this play thing and often we don't know how to play sometimes I think the older generation didn't experience play so it's uh, and I didn't to some extent I was the eldest of four so for me it's been a great opportunity to play and I've loved helping him make all the little world that he's creating so there's you know there are creative ways I think I mean I, even as I'm talking you know if there's there's grandparents that have got skills like I'm just thinking of granddads even if woodworking skills or just being able to do crafts with the children or just to build the time in where you're doing something that takes them away from the phones <laughs> because this is what they need really this world that they're in is is such um the play world everything it's the digital world which we don't, haven't got time to get into now but it's like digital cocaine to children and young children they really need people playing with them one-to-one -one. I know you know this but grandparents are seeing this and grandparents I think are the people now that God has got that aren't on their phones as much as the parents are they are a generation that actually can re they're in a position to be able to 
connect with the children more than the parents who are the generation now they're often on their phones so grandparents we you know I want to encourage them you know just realize that you have something to offer in just even crafting or creativity or you know just doing something that's outside of of the virtual world that's something that's communicating love and care and hearing the children yeah in the good old days we know that we know they weren't all good there was lots wrong with them as well yeah. um but i think there was still a need for the older generations to mentor and disciple as you said in things like woodwork now google has all the answers mm. google knows more than i know my children have discovered <laughs> <laughs> oh no really <laughs> and who was the queen the king before queen victoria uh google <laughs> it was this person and, yeah, yeah, so yeah. so rebuilding those things through play i think it, you're right is so valuable it gives you an insight into their world but it also builds trust it makes you a trusted person mm. for them along the way and if you've got trust then we we begin to have a voice to be able to speak mm -hmm. in how is it grandparent have you managed and you've alluded to it i, I don't want to expose your family too much to the internet yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and the viewers there but I'm just wondering how you've managed when there have been tensions between things you've and ways you've seen your daughter parenting which may or may not have been wrong they may just have been different yeah. to what you would have chosen to do yeah. and every probably every part of you is going no not like this yeah. <laughs> or yeah. you, you see a slow car crash going they keep doing this it's going to lead to that yeah but perhaps not feeling you have the voice to speak without being oh mum just go away <laughs> I, I love you but <laughs> this is what we do now oh you're so old. I, I'm not putting words into your daughter's mouth yeah. at all I'm just trying to paint a picture that I see among many grandparents yeah. where they're trying to reach their grandchildren but but they're almost having to bridge over their yeah. own children and and the kind of struggle and wrestle of that can you have you got any insights to help us tease apart that uh, okay I keep my mouth shut a lot around my daughter really I do because it doesn't it's not helpful to be criticizing or judgmental so sometimes against our better judgments we need to just be wise and actually for for the sake of the grandchildren not say stuff and not be judgmental and actually ask for the grace of God recognizing God's grace for our children over and above our own you know so much greater so for a lot of the time I've been quiet and, and the second thing is um I I serve her as a parent because these parents are absolutely run ragged and they need they need support and so I, I'm a young enough grandma I know there's different levels of grandma I mean, I'm, I'm not in my 80s or 90s I'm, I'm in my 60s so you know there's a lot of difference I have a bit more energy but I do serve her a lot by by supporting her and having well one of them I've got two grandsons two daughters they've got a grandson each um, one is five so this five-year-old right through the pandemic you know I was able to just have him and have them and we gave them a lot of support and I'm sure actually coming out of what we've just come out of I'm sure there's been a lot of grandparents have given a huge amount of support and they've surprised themselves maybe mm. with how much support they've needed so it's a great opportunity now when these I'm, I'm saying this in faith that there has been some bridges being built over the pandemic with grandparents, um, if it's been possible to see the children, obviously, but that actually we build on that or we build on coming out of this pandemic now, what can the new look like, how can we now support um, parents or, or our own children with the grandchildren. Um, and that's something, you know, again, it's such a creative question to ask, isn't it, God, how can I, how can I 
you know help my my child or my children now with these these precious ones who i want to um have input into and, and connect with and hear um because i'm hearing my grandson in truth a lot better than i heard my daughter in childhood because in you know i was a parent and parents are so busy you don't have time sometimes to stop just listen to what the child is saying whereas now as a grandparent i do and i i'm so mindful of him and so when i see my daughter acting in a certain way and i'm looking at my little grandson and i think oh gosh i know it's hurt him i can see how it's affected him but i'm not not going to judge her what i'll do is i'll just go to him and i'll try and give to him what he's needing what he's missing out on and it's not a criticism on my daughter. It's actually that it's helped me be mindful of something that's missing, you know. As you're speaking, I think it's good to remember as grandparents that we were parents once too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we were exhausted yes. um, with toddlers and trying to work and cook and clean and do everything. And when the parents, our parents would come to visit, it was, oh, panic, clean the house before they comment <laughs> on the toilet again. You know? So we, we've been to try and remember being in those shoes, too, yeah. um, I think can help add to that grace along the way. And we as I think one of the things the Lord is beginning to do within the church is to mark us out as different. That mm. even if you're not a grandparent, if you are of grandparenting age, that you can become a, a surrogate grandparent to the children within the church. Oh. And uh, I know some people say, oh, safeguarding, but that seems to be the answer to anything that we feel slightly uncomfortable about. Not that there's always practical ways through things yes. for yes. those who are, who are serving the Lord and have the right way to do it. Obviously, you don't just go and take some random person's child and say, they're coming to live with me for two days. That would be totally inappropriate. <laughs> but, uh, but I think to, to encourage those connections that we must think multi-generationally yeah. Um, I, I love in uh, is it Deuteronomy where God says that they must read the law every seven years to everybody, including mm -hmm. the children. And the reason they're doing it is so that the children and those foreigners who have not yet heard the law will hear and learn to fear the Lord. In mm -hmm. other words, the whole community is set up responsible to speak into the next generation. Yes. And, and has to think this generational way of this is we're not just hearing this for us you've heard it before yeah. but we're hearing this because the next generation need to grab hold of this yeah. with both hands exactly. and I, I i guess as we're talking i'm hoping people are, are picking up this two-way flow that mm. you and i are talking about of actually the younger generation they need to hear from us but we also need to hear from them for the church yeah. to be rich and to grow has got intended a thought came to me about you know not necessarily needing to be a parent or a grandparent yourself but one of the people i remember that i respect the most was an elderly lady in fact she'd been a teacher not not married she'd retired and she was looking after one of my one of the, the girls we fostered um, she became such a grandmother to her, really. Now, it, it meant she had to get approved through social services, but she, she did all that. And, and again, I would encourage you not, not just to think in the sphere of the church, but actually look around society, even, you know, children or, or families you could be supporting that are not in the church, that you can help. You know, it could be a neighbour that you just see in their children. You know, there's ways to to be able to support families right right the way through to being approved by social services. And I'm just saying, you know, that's the extreme, I guess. But it is so possible, you know, don't let um, health and safety safeguarding put you off. That's that's a necessary thing in a way. But um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not just possible. It's vital. 
Mm. I think if we don't have these generational links, but again, Malachi speaks to this, doesn't he? Um, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children. In other words, older generation, it's your job first to get this right. And then the hearts of the children turning to the fathers, he says, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Yeah. In other words, if the generational um, joinings break down, we're in trouble as a society. This yeah. isn't just a, well, that's a nice thing to do. It's a, this is a, an essential principle of kingdom living and of community living. Yeah, that's one of my favorite verses, Ollie, actually. Yeah, you know, a reminder of turning our hearts that God would do it. Yeah. Yeah, are you going to give me give us more insights into that verse? No, not really. Only only oh. that you know. No, no. Sorry, I, I was just saying it's one I've carried in my heart for a long time because yeah. it's, it is. Um, it, it's just it says it all, doesn't it? In terms of us walking, yeah. every generation walking, or particularly the older generation walking in in union with God Himself. It's it is like living out the kingdom gospel, isn't it? It's like it is us being. Um, the far you know allowing the father's love for everyone to flow through us and you know the best thing we can be is rightly aligned ourselves with the lord frankly you know i mean there's no human technique that is going to do this other than it's going to be to the glory of god and i think already it is beginning to be because you know just as i was saying some of these um intergenerational things that i've been involved with or seeing the glimpses of it's really supernatural. It's not a human phenomena that the generations are getting on or that there's so much love between them or there's so much connection in hearing God. It's like, it's remarkable and it's mm. exciting, but there is, um, there is an intention that's needed that we're turning our hearts towards them and we're saying, yeah, we want this, we desire this, God show yeah. us how to do it, you know? Yeah, mm. and I, I, what you're speaking of is, I know it's echoed in the experiences of many at this time. It's This seems to be, something that the lord is doing and stirring in his church and yeah. right at the very beginning i think you spoke a little bit uh, just one phrase you use what was it something along the lines of in these days yeah um, and i, I kind of let that one slip by because that means so much to so many different people in yeah. these days yeah what, what yeah. do you see these days are what's happening what's the lord doing at this time is there something we need to be nurturing our children forward this time yeah I, I yes i guess what i mean when i say in these days it means these are the days of greater opportunity more challenges more potential than there has ever been because these are the days where we need to be walking in what jesus i think where jesus talked about doing the greater things because it, the greater things are needed it's no longer the day of of just sitting in church and having kind of lovely services where we come away and we're in the society around us is, 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 you know, balanced for want of a better yeah. word. You know, we, we are in this turmoil of so much globally and Christ in us is the hope of glory. Yeah. Christ in us is the hope of glory. This is the, these are the days we're living in where we are truly walking that out, that it is Christ in us. And we are walking as ones who are so, who are, he is Lord in our lives. If we're only half masked, if we're only like half, 
half doing it, we're going to get swept into the darkness that's around us. But if we remain in Christ and in him, we, we're above it. We're above it all. Actually, this is the truth of scripture all through Paul's letters, you know, in union with Christ. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. You know, this is this is now. This isn't and this isn't, you know, and again, I just I don't want to. Um, I'm really conscious I don't want to offend people but I don't think it's helpful to have a rapture mentality if I'm honest I mean I don't I'm not going to tread on people's theology I'm just saying one way or the other but it's not helpful sometimes to just think oh it's okay I'm going to get I'm going to get beamed up anyway it's like actually our responsibility right now isn't to sit back and think oh I'm, I'm going to be raptured or or not whatever your theology is it's our responsibility in Christ is to be his hands and feet is to be in union with his heart and be love to those around us because God ultimately is love so that for me has been a huge uh, measuring stick in the days we're living in if my if I'm motivated out of love and God's love and that actually takes supernatural love because human love is bankrupt really you know we need to dig for the love for our children the love for the grandparents the love for the dark for the people who are in darkness it's like that has to come from God's heart. And these are the days we're living in that we're being called to step up into a higher level of faith and a higher level of outworking that to the darkness in the world that's lost around us. And that, and that means every generation, you know. Um, so, so we're not just doing that to our peers, but we have that, that kind of bar is high for, for every generation. Um, yeah. yeah, I've heard some saying we, we don't have time for our children to wander away for 20 years and come back yeah and what they mean by that is not that jesus may be coming back in the next year he may be we, we know scripture doesn't tell us yeah. um no, none of us know the time but that we're living in a time well you, you mentioned you said we've got greater opportunities more troubles and greater potential mm. um and that, you know that you've talked of this potential being more of god's kingdom being displayed than ever before yes. this is the potential yes um, the troubles i i I don't think we need to even specify them here. We just look at the world, read a newspaper and go, yeah. wow, Lord, how are we here? Um, yeah. And then these opportunities, I, I love that God is giving us these opportunities with love being the driving force. So I'm going to use this to just shift our conversation slightly, because recently we were talking about compassion among mm. the children and, uh, and how I think um, the initial phrase that was given to you as a title in a, in a seminar was to grow compassion among the children. And you, you kind of push back against that title a bit for a reason that I'm, I want us to dive into this whole area and open it up because with all you're saying, the Lord is wanting this generation of children to rise and stand shoulder to shoulder with the adults at a time when the world is in great need of, of Christ. And yeah, uh, yeah we love so I'm loving all you're saying. Can we dive into this area of compassion? Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, when I was, I just saw the title, you know, growing the compassion of children. I was thinking, wow, you know, it made me think, how can I grow it? How can I grow a child? I thought, actually, the children, every person who's born has within them the capacity to be compassionate. I, I actually, I actually think it's more likely children learn 
learn not to be compassionate through the world that's around them because I do think what I've observed of children from teaching from my own children and grandchildren it's like there is there is in them this love there is in children this capacity to forgive there is there is this compassion that actually is far greater I think we kind of lose that level of childlike compassion as we get older and it's another example I think of how we can learn from the children and be looking at the things maybe they are compassionate about again going back to the identity of this generation as opposed to our generation we would have been compassionate maybe about different things you know because different things were going on in the world but for this generation what is it that they are you know what is being shown to them to be compassionate about and it's surprising you know the the issues you know which which are the issues of the day really you know there I, I think I remember saying it's like it surprises me how much the children have a real compassion for people who are different for for people who are same-sex attracted I mean I just say that these are very controversial subjects and they're subjects that we are grappling with as the church how do we how do we keep compassion without judgment you know what I mean so they the, these things as we look into the to what children are compassionate about. It's not shutting them down. You know, it's actually saying to the children, okay, let's ask Jesus, how can we love these people? And going back to God, not going back to, to a, a, a model or a, our thinking, but actually encouraging the children, okay, how do you, what do you think Jesus thinks about how, you know, ask Jesus, how can we be compassionate? This, this thing you're compassionate about, ask him because we come up you know I, I think I, I said the classic thing is the shoe boxes you know when you think of children with compassion you think oh yeah we'll, we'll do a shoe box every Christmas and and yeah. that's sometimes about the level of it but what I'm saying is there's so much more we can learn from again partnering with the children in looking at what they're compassionate about and I do believe we'll touch the heart of the father for people in this mess of the world in the darkness to begin to bridge into um into darkness to, to bring in light and with the children because that's where their heart of compassion is and we need to be prepared I think to be really flexible really gracious and really not convinced you know not not so set in our minds that we're not open to alternate possibilities to maybe what we've had a track of thinking do you know what I mean is that I don't know if that's clear Ollie or if there's anything you want yeah to well, maybe you could put some flesh and bones on that and, and give us an example of that in action what might yeah. that look like if, if a child's coming and there's something on their heart how, how do we take them further with that I mean I mean it is a case of you know whenever I've done um you know when we we started off getting children to hear begin to hear the voice of God in prayer one of the things I was really careful of doing is not putting my own interpretation on what I felt they were saying but all the time saying to them okay when I didn't understand it, I would say, okay, go back to Father God and ask him. And then they would pray. And then they would come back with the next piece. We are, we are all works in progress. It's not, it's constantly, God is constantly bringing revelation to us. And it's not a revelation just there. It, it constantly is growing in, in revelation. So whilst a child might be at this place and we're thinking, oh, I don't know whether I agree. I'm thinking of, of when I've had these children say things that politically are like you know hot potatoes and you're aware they're probably saying them because they're hearing the politics around them through classroom and schools frankly because they're being taught all this mixed identity and gender and what have you 
But again, it's being really careful not to make a political thing of it, but just saying, what do you think Jesus thinks about this? And nine times out of 10, the children then are coming back with biblical stuff, which you can then, rather than preach to the children, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, but the children are then hearing God for themselves. And then you say, actually, it's interesting you say that. God's word says this. And you can guarantee what the children are sensing, if it's from God, will marry up with the scriptures. Yeah. That's, that's been my experience. Oh, and you're actually equipping them for the next big issue, whatever that may be, yes. to know how to handle it. I think one of the things that I've been challenged with is that there are so many new issues, it seems, coming almost every six months. There's something new that everyone is supposed to adopt. And if you don't, then you are yeah. um, outside of the in club of life at the moment. And, uh, and we, the church, are left going, well, hang on. First of all, let us think what we think about this. Mm. <laughs> then let us think, how can we express this in a way that really does express the heart of the father and mm. not, not just our emotional reaction to what we're seeing happen around us. And then by the time we're ready to really speak out, we've moved on and we're on the next issue. So yeah. <laughs> to be equipping our children to really hear from the father for themselves. Yeah. Say, Lord, what do you think about this? What's your heart for these people? How can I speak? What should I be doing in my school when whatever is happening around me that should I be speaking up should I be coming alongside should I be to, to really train our children to hear and work with the Lord in that way yeah. I, I think you are right it's it's the only way forward um, yeah. in these days but perhaps yeah. that's a reflection of we're called to be spirit-led yeah. uh, you're, you're really talking about training children and how to hear the voice of God how, how would you begin with a group of children who've never really heard the Holy Spirit speaking to them they they maybe obviously maybe some teaching to give from scripture to show this is a biblical thing and not just some strange uh, spirituality practice but yeah. how, how would you begin to lead children in to hearing from the lord and making space for them to do that um again it's teaching them i think about prayer that's that's always how i've done it it's teaching them that prayer is a two-way communication it's not just about us asking god things but hearing god and actually children get it very quickly more than adults actually when you can when you begin to talk to some adults about their prayer life adults find it very difficult to believe they can hear from god but if we can do this from childhood you know the children don't have those same sort of blockages or or kind of unbelief or whatever because children very easily can hear um the lord and whenever so i've, I've actually i used um you know i don't know jane mackey did you, you remember jane mackey so mm -hmm. she's written a book about children kids prayer it's called and it's literally using these steps to hearing from god which from very basic level the children don't need to be you know really knowledgeable about the lord except that they give some really good foundations of worship and having our hearts clean and and that if we're coming forgiven and we've dealt with our sin and we're pure you know then we well we have the mind of christ because we're you know so then the things that were thoughts that are coming to us i mean it's a whole like three days kind of teaching and this is really volley but you know i would start you know very simply with what is prayer and it's two-way conversation and actually god loves you and wants to speak to you and you know would you like to hear god yeah you know and they say okay yeah. just let's be quiet a moment and, uh, and then just saying to them it might be a scripture comes to your mind a picture you know you you know the stuff ollie you've done you do it yourself uh, no, i'm wanting to hear I, I think we each many of us are leading children to hear from the lord but i'm always interested to hear the different nuances of ways and the angle I'm you you're coming at it from a prayer angle I know others would come from a worship angle others 
they really focus on heart and relationship but yeah. but what i'm i'm hearing from you is it's you begin with prayer yeah but you also make it a very natural thing that yeah. it's yeah. hey if you are with the lord and forgiven yeah. do you still have a blank sheet before the lord is there anything between you and him yeah and if that is clean then we should expect that the thoughts that come to our mind yeah. are godly thoughts yeah that's right yeah yeah and, and interestingly it's interesting you said about worship uh, I don't know why I've not gone down that route. I think maybe it's just because the Bible is the one one thing that the Bible says, you know, pray without ceasing. Yeah. It's like that the intention of the Father is that we're in constant communion with Him. And that doesn't mean we're constantly like this, you know. It's just being conscious of Him the whole time, every moment of our lives, that our life, you know, that verse, and it make your life a prayer in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. I think it's um is it Thessalonians? I can't can't remember off the top of my head. One Thessalonians four, I think, but it's basically let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer in the midst of everything. Be always giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you. So it's like that yeah. that verse has been my go to many many times because it's a joyful thing. It's a it's a thanksgiving thing, and it's like what God wants for us is to be in constant communion with us. You you know. He, pouring himself through us for the lost and others you know i'm hearing you define then the kind of nurturing of compassion is more about nurturing the children's relationship with the father that as they encounter him their yeah. hearts will begin to reflect his heart yeah. and they'll want to take his heart to the world it it sounds much simpler than trying to find a program which yeah. is going to you know three steps to developing compassion in your child dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no exactly i think that's brilliant that's a brilliant summary ollie that's it yeah and and i guess as we're coming around um I'm looking at time we're going to soon be out of time i knew this would happen um <laughs> but i wonder if you've got some stories of children who have managed to connect with the father in some way and gone out to bring change to the world that they live in in the kind of ways that you're speaking about some actual uh, practical examples of that mm. or oh, testimony we like a good testimony don't yes, we yeah. I, think, I think testimonies kind of root in what the lord is doing we see yeah. well, if you can do it there then this is what he wants to do with my children children yeah. you've traveled around the world i know children are children all over the world yeah. whatever their yeah. packaging whatever their life circumstances whatever family background they've come from um they're still children they're they're yeah. people made in god's image uh, yeah 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 Okay, well, there's, there's been two two examples that have come to my mind as we've been talking. In fact, one of them was this um, time in New York when we had a group of children that we were, again, doing this training with to teach them to hear the voice of God. So we had a, a, a whole line of kids that had heard something. And this little girl literally stood up and she said she felt God's and, and she shouted, stop. And like, what do you do with that in a, in a group, you know, except but think, okay, God, we've given you this meeting. We're trusting you in control here. So we we did, we stepped back and said, okay, God, what do you mean by that? You see, so we got everybody in the group thinking, okay, what does what does God say? So she, the little girl herself asked, what do you mean by stop? And suddenly it, it all began to fold out before us. We were in New York, the city that never stops. stops. And it was the way God led us to begin to pray in that city that they would be a stop you know be still and know that i'm god and it was an amazing way that one child who you could have thought that's way offline she's way out of order 
how dare she stand up and say stop you know actually believing okay god you can use this god can redeem anything you know that's what i've learned about children you can god is so so good you know because at the end of the day he doesn't he doesn't want them to feel slapped down or they made a mistake. He wants all of us, he, he, even when we make a mistake, he will turn it around. So it's like, it's okay. This is the glory of, of walking with the Lord, isn't it? So that was one example. Um, and then th there's, there's one that I often tell because it was a real sobering moment for me. And it's when children are beginning to prophesy over each other, which, which I have done a number of times. And with children, I don't, they don't take hours and hours listening to God. They, they just can hear what God's saying for each other. And this group didn't know each other. And this one particular um, boy had had this, well, they were drawing pictures. So what I did, sorry, let me explain. I put a big sheet of paper in the middle and each child had a sheet of paper just that was theirs. And then all the children would either draw because some of the children couldn't write. So you've got to allow them to draw what they're sensing. And around this one child, this little boy had, had sensed this boy would talk to animals, you see. And, and amongst other things was all these wonderful things. And as the adult, you know, I thought, oh, you know, I'm not sure about that. And I remember making these beautiful bookmarks on what I did, I had this large sheet of paper, this is a typical adult thing. I wrote down all these little things that had been the children had had on these big sheets, laminated them beautifully to be put in their Bibles. These children could take away what God had spoken to them. It was amazing. Some of them had about a little girl writing books and we asked her, do you write? Yes, I write, you know. So there was some incredible things. Anyway, they got these beautiful laminated bookmarks, but to my shame, I didn't put about talking to animals on this particular boy's thing. I mean, God just really rebuked me about it actually, because when I gave it, the mum actually came over, I think the next session and she said, oh, she said, he doesn't want this. She said, he wants the original paper. And I said, oh, why is that? She said, because it's got about the animals. And I just thought, oh, God, you know, and, th and then I was asked, I had a real tussle with the Lord. OK, Lord, you know, what is this about? And he said, Barlam, you know, Barlam's donkey. How do you think Noah, how did the animals get into the ark? You know, it's like, OK. And it just opened my mind to things I hadn't thought of or thought were possible. So I, I share that testimony is just how humble there's a, a sense of humility we need to have walking with children that that if we're beginning to think they're hearing from God, we need to, you know, sometimes it will be off the wall, but we need to discern that and we need to be bringing it before the Lord for that level of discernment, not just discarding it because it doesn't quite fit with our theology so that they're two stories I, I would just um, throw in there. I wonder if we can dig just a little into what you said, because I can picture there are some people who are listening going, hang on, you mean if something disagrees with theology, we should we should still accept it. And what if a child goes off into some weird planet place with some strange words that don't match that are or that are just really repeating what their parents think about the church? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, and all these these kind of things. I, I, I mean, you have, in a way, I think you've answered some of that question of we trust that God is bigger than us yeah. and uh, that we don't have all the answers, but he does. But yeah. I wonder if you could address anybody who's feeling uh, maybe what would be the word cautious and, and I would say even sensibly cautious yes. towards stepping into these kind of things of the yeah. spirit and giving space for children to hear from God. Um yeah. And yet the Holy Spirit causes us sometimes to not be cautious, but to be trusting of him. 
yeah yeah so so there again you know straight away it's the spirit of wisdom we need wisdom we really do need wisdom and again wisdom comes from god so it's again putting turning our faces back towards wisdom because you're you're absolutely right you know i i just get so enthusiastic about these things and the things i've seen but you know are there are times when when i have discerned this is really not right they're not behaving right or this isn't they're not you know when they're running around doing something that it's not a prophetic act anymore they're they're actually just losing it you know <laughs> children, children one minute can be like totally holy and in god and the next minute you know they're actually quite naughty same as adults same as as adults to be honest yeah. we just we have a spiritual moment and then we go away in our heads and we're thinking all kinds of rubbish anyway but we won't go there you know humanity has a tendency don't we just uh, you know outside of god so um yeah i think wisdom and yeah we are at the end of the day we are the responsible adults but we're responsible before God. This is the difference between childcare and social action and truly kingdom, kingdom growth and kingdom, um, the agenda being about the kingdom, not about social stuff or, or the, you know, and, and actually that, that's where we need to draw on the spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and you know, it's a sevenfold spirit of God, really, you know, we're actually, um, we should get into a whole other thing there, you know, and we, we teach children about these things as well, you know, yeah. I, I love teaching children about the sevenfold spirit of God, because it's actually what we need to, to be living our lives, and we, and God has given us everything we need, he's given, he's equipped us with everything we need for life and godliness, and so these things are available to us, and as adults and children, you know, and, and for anyone who's going, the sevenfold spirit of God, what, what? Yeah. Just give a 20-second version so people can begin their research themselves. Okay, it's, it's, in, it's in a number of places in scripture. Um, it's, it's in Revelation, but I think you probably know the scripture better than I do, Ollie. It's in, is it Chronicles uh, or Kings? But anyway, the sevenfold spirit of God, it, it talks about, there's the spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and the spirit of knowledge, spirit of might, the spirit of the fear of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord. They're the seven that are mentioned in scripture. I mean, you can, you can Google it. Google will answer it better than I will. And then just, you know, as the Lord leads you, I mean, it could be, I'm just throwing something out today and somebody might just really think, okay, I want to study that because this is one of the things I've discovered working with children. It's made me more of a person who studies the Bible and sorts out my own theology than ever before. You know, oh, I, I could say so much more about people who work with children, particularly in church, um, kids' church, how necessary it is we are ones who study the word and, and ahead because the questions the children ask, you know, wow how what a responsibility before god that we're not giving them a load of garbage but we truly are connected into answering these children's questions or admitting we don't know when they're asking the questions you know so so there's a holy sense of um of of awe actually for me and it's and quite a sense of don't get it wrong i mean the verse you know better that a millstone be put around your neck than allow one of these to stumble honestly that stopped me for a number of years just yeah. every moment I was with children because it this isn't about being a teacher in school this isn't about social action this is about holy kingdom of what God is rising in the earth and only God is building this it's not us it's God who's building his church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it but we so need to be engaging with God ourselves more and more um in the days in these days <laughs> yeah 
And I, I suspect what you've just said will great with some people when you yeah. say this isn't about teaching, this isn't about social action. Um, I, I think sometimes that becomes an emphasis of our ministry. And the Lord does want us to be teachers of his word yeah. and he does want us to be sending people yeah. out. But if we're not, do, I, I'm, I'm just clarifying what you're yes. saying, yeah, because yeah. if this is grating against you, then, yeah. then maybe we need to take a step back and say, well, are, are we making the Lord the source? Exactly as you've just said, yeah. is this really about the Lord and his kingdom or yeah. is this about us feeling like we're advancing a good cause rather than God's cause? Yeah. And that they can look the same on the outside, those two things. Yeah. Um, but it's the heart. It's the heart that matters. And the other thing I want to pull from what you said, you were talking um, when you were talking to people who might maybe stepping into this. I, I think a lot of this becomes childlike faith on our part. Yeah. Um, I know often for myself and I know for many others that when we begin to invite the Lord to come, our first thought is I am way out of my depth yet again. <laughs> and my yes. second thought is, Lord, if you don't show up, we don't really have a good plan for today <laughs> you know we've got our program and our teaching and our this and that we've got the songs we're going to sing in worship to you and we, we, it's not that we haven't organized anything but ultimately if you're not in what we've organized if these children's hearts are not connecting with you if you don't come and take control of the program then all we're doing is is meaningless along the way so if you're feeling like that and you're, you're kind of in a little bit of intrepidation of all the what if this, what if that. I want to encourage you, root yourself in God, have that childlike faith and just go for it. Go for it. Do you know, the, one of the great things about children's work is if it all goes wrong, we can all laugh. As long as nobody gets hurt, we, yeah. we can all laugh. Whereas uh, if, you know, if the worship band for the adult service, it all goes wrong. You know, a third of the church go, oh, that was awful worship today. I'm not coming back again. And the stakes feel much higher in that way. But with the with the children, it's just well that didn't work, did it? <laughs> Next week, should we should we ask Father God what He wants us to do instead of that? Because that really didn't work. And I, I think there's something of that natural relationship with God which you've been bringing out all the way through this, Chrissy. And I love I love your heart. I love what you express as the kingdom of God. Um, I know as you're speaking, you've been sharpening all of us and encouraging all of us. I wonder if you've got one final word you want to say concerning this generation, concerning what you see the Lord doing, maybe a word of encouragement to all of us as we are laboring for the harvest at this time. Do you know, actually, interesting enough, picking on what you just said, I would say it's fun. Have fun. Honestly, if we get too serious about ourselves, we have to question it. I think I think you've just said it all really, Ollie, about keeping child like ourselves because the kingdom belongs to such as these you know Jesus said it and so there is a, a sense of real humility even in the conversation I've had today I just pray a real covering over what's been spoken and that the things of the kingdom and the things of God will be seeded into people's hearts because um, ultimately it is a joyful kingdom and the joy of the Lord is our strength and personally I can't think of any better place to be than teaching or being with children you know because because like you say as adults we just sometimes take ourselves all too seriously whereas the children you really can um you know I, I, it's interesting I gave my life to Jesus when I was five years old and I sometimes I've said to the children when I'm sitting there with them I said do you know I feel like I'm still five years old with you guys and it's not I'm not a them and us I am us you know with the children sitting around in a circle and I would say 
get to their level. I mean, I sit on the floor with the children. If they're on the floor, I won't be sitting on a chair. I'll sit on the floor with them because so much communicates to them. You know, if we can be on the level with them that we're learning together, mm. we, we can have so much fun discovering. And I think you painted that beautifully by saying, describing what you did that we can just laugh and just okay god i'm sorry about that i get on with to something else and god is so gracious you know yeah absolutely oh chrissy thank you so much can you pray for us all yeah as we bring our time to a close yeah 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 father we t turn our faces to you right now and uh, thank you so much for this time and just the flow of conversation really which we're trusting is just the nuggets um from your heart certainly that we've experienced in our lives well thank you for the privilege of working with you with these this generation with the generations or we want to again humbly um, make ourselves available and say father you know we want to go where you're going we want to be who you are we want to say what you say and see what you see lord we we just want to be daily come to that place of, of just laying it all down and being like the children again, where we see each day as an opportunity just to walk with our Father. And that, Father, I pray that whatever has been seeded in people's hearts today, your spirit would water it. And there would be confirmation after confirmation. And there would be adventure after adventure. And there would be a, just a momentum that starts today of faith building and expectation that would just explode um, from, from the place where it's been into just a kingdom glory and a kingdom light for the sake of the world that is dark and lost. We're asking this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Chrissy, thank you so much for giving of your time and sharing with us. Pleasure. Yeah. And thank you also for joining us and listening in right to the very end. Well done. You've made it through to this. If you want to hear more great conversations like this, don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell. And uh, we'll be seeing you again soon. God bless. Bye.